Welcome to the Pay Yourself First podcast. My name is Chris Jolly, and I'm on a mission to financially empower millions of entrepreneurs. I want you to make and keep more money so that you can begin implementing and turbocharging a plan for creating financial freedom your way during the life cycle of your current business without spending a ton of time or becoming a professional investor. You see, most of the financial teachings out there are made for employees, not entrepreneurs. If you wouldn't listen to someone who doesn't have kids about parenting, why take business financial advice from someone without a business? Are you ready to break free of bad advice and follow the trail of other uncommon entrepreneurs so you can get from where you are now to the lifestyle you were aiming to create when you started your business? Then stick around. Here comes another episode of Pay Yourself First, where the only investment we offer is the one you make in yourself. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm very excited today. As always, we have another amazing six-figure-plus online entrepreneur with us today. His name is Joseph Connell, and his business is called Slingshot. How are you today, Joseph? Doing great. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I'm very excited for our conversation. I know you're going to have a lot of value to add to my audience, so I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. So tell everybody out there a little bit more about exactly what Slingshot is and who you serve. Yeah, so what I'll do is I'll actually take a step back. So Slingshot is a product that we offer through my marketing agency. My agency is Lava Hot Marketing Agency, where you know we do everything from creative to administrative. So we walk into companies that are handling 100,000, to 500,000 to a million plus marketing budgets, we will do what we call marketing optimization. So we look at your entire marketing budget, your creative, how your contracts are structured, what media buys you have, and we restructure your entire marketing plan. Uh, Slingshot was a, a product that we've set up, which takes 14 of the most common platforms that businesses use to run their business. Think your website builder, your social media planner, your CRM, your billing and estimating, your review boost, your online listing claiming, email marketing, text marketing, like all of these different platforms that traditionally are spread across 14 different username and passwords and about $3,600 a month in collective billing. We've put it together in one nicely packaged program that we call Slingshot. And I designed that. One, to help with the fulfillment for every client that is a Lava Hot customer. But I also started realizing that local to mid-sized guys, your, your local pizza shop that's going up against Domino's, they don't have these big marketing budgets. They don't have all the tools and resources that these big companies have. So how do I put something together that supports that underdog? And that's where Slingshot was formed. And that platform was structured so that it's affordable for any local to mid-sized company. And then we're trying to cultivate this community where we can help with the marketing side and you can incrementally grow into adding in paid media. We give advice on how to structure, maybe even boosting your reviews or increasing your online social presence, your Google presence. Like we, we try to give that support and help like a local to mid-sized company grow into that. I absolutely love that those are the people that you're helping. I know that there are so many great tools out there for the mid-size and up businesses, the large businesses that they have access to make their business run a lot more efficiently, that the smaller and younger businesses can't always access. I actually interviewed a fractional CMO recently. And so mm -hmm. basically you can get access to her and her whole marketing team for a fraction of the price, what it would cost you to have them in-house yourself. And anybody who's going after that small business owner always has my heart. So I really like right. that you're doing that. Yeah. Lava Hot is very similar 
set up to what she has going on. Yeah. Because- now, can you tell me about the podcast that you run? Because you run a, a Lava Hot podcast as well. Tell me a little more about that. Yeah. So the podcast was set up as really a way to be able to add value to the marketplace for those local to mid-sized guys. The type of people that we tend to have onto the show are other entrepreneurs, people that might be running a a, a local to mid-sized company. But we've also, one of the guests that I had on, it ran a billion dollar company. So we go from a, a large stretch of a large variety of different types of guests, whether it's sales trainers, CEOs, CFOs, people in the insurance game. Like we try to bring on a, a, a diverse audience because every one of those individuals tend to have something that they can share. We've had on content creators that will talk about, hey, this is how you should start posting on social media. So we try to make it so that every time somebody tunes into an episode, they pull something that they can run with and apply to their business right away. With that wide range of experience and so many different issues between the different size business levels, What are some pieces of advice or kind of rules that you find again and again work no matter where you're at with your business? Yeah. So there's a couple of rules that are staples for me no matter what. The first one is that marketing is senior to sales. So it's always going to require, every business is required to have some sort of marketing presence. For me, the podcast has been a vehicle that has allowed me to be able to connect with people in a way that I've never been able to before. And I really did it as like a, a labor of love. Like it was something that I just wanted to do. It costs money to put together a podcast as like money, time and resources. And it just became something that I knew I wanted to do it. If I have the opportunity to interview people that I find interesting or have valuable information, I almost get to interview them as like a spectator, if you will, and ask the questions that I want to understand. The guy that we had on that ran a billion dollar company, another one that had done a billion dollars in production and was starting a new company. So that guy knows some stuff that I don't know. And I, I want to know it. But the common theme that I've seen from some of these major, major companies and what I've seen apply to some of the local to mid-sized companies is that marketing always is the driver. And, and me being a marketing guy, I, I've always felt that way. Second to that is that everybody's responsible for sales. If you are operating a business or you're an entrepreneur that's just getting started, that should be something that's like a non-negotiable that you instill into everybody that comes into your ecosystem. And it's that everybody is responsible for sales. If you touch a customer, if you communicate with the customer, if you're the one answering the phone, there should be, and it's the responsibility of the business owner for me to make sure that person's trained on how to properly answer the phone, how to convert that customer into a lead or how to close that customer. And there should be some sort of compensation that goes along with that. If you handle the phone call and you convert that lead into a customer, there should be some sort of compensation for that. And then equally, if you're, let's say you're in a service-based industry, if you have a technician go out there and they're doing, I'll, I'll pick something easy, like a gutter cleaning, you're doing gutter cleaning. And that guy sees that there's something wrong with the roof and he sells a roof, a re-roof or something like that. You should compensate that guy. He identified a problem. He identified a selling situation, then sold on what it was that could fix the problem and generated revenue. At the end of the day, generated revenue. And those are things that I think should always be staples, that everybody should be responsible for sales. Marketing is senior to sales. And those are some of the the core staples. That's so key because everything that generates revenue is what keeps the business going. And anything else that you do is accessory. I know that for a lot of younger, less seasoned entrepreneurs, when they start a business, 
they often get caught up in the minutia of all of the stuff that doesn't actually generate revenue. How can um, their marketing message actually help them stay on task and realize what those activities are? Yeah. So what you're talking about is a good point. I, and I've been guilty of this. And I think that every young aspiring entrepreneur goes through this analysis paralysis where like they get bogged down in like that busy work of thinking that if I'm studying how to be great at sales, that's actually the doing. The one thing that I would say goes hand in hand. One, until you start doing the thing, meaning you start like you figure out what that product and service is going to be until you start marketing it. I mean, you're putting it out to the marketplace. You're talking about it. You're posting about it on social media. You're going through that social awkwardness that everybody goes through when you first start exposing the world to what it is that you're going to sell and offer. When when you start going through that, you're slowly, what we call here, you're feeding the wolf. You're going through these incremental mundane tasks that seem like they're insignificant in the act of doing it, but compounded doing those things over and over, especially when it's the things that usually the things that you're afraid to do are the things you should be doing more of. If you're putting a post out on social media, talking about your product or service, if you should do it one time, you should do it a hundred times. You should just keep hammering it and don't get bogged down by, by maybe some of that so social awkwardness. The other important thing is in the doing of these things and doing it consistently over and over, that's where you start to figure out what works by, let's say it's, all right, I know what product I want to offer and I know how I want to put it out to the marketplace. So I've done that on the marketing side. Now it's another form of marketing is the phone call. You pick up the phone and you start making a call to uh, business owners. And I'll say, I'm, I'm not sure what business the audience tends to be in, but for me, it's B2B. So I'm working business to business and it's very easy for me to pick up a, a phone call and try to make those calls. Going through that, like you've got to learn how do I structure that phone call? What do I say? Don't spend too much time like figuring out, like I've got to have the perfect script, just figure it out. You'll figure it out as you're going through it. It's the best way to learn is going through it. If let's say you have a prospect in mind that you want to reach out to, and it's in a certain field, we'll say it's a B2B sale. You want to sell Facebook ads. Don't get bogged down on, Hey, I'm going to lose that one opportunity. If I don't make the phone call, if it doesn't go perfect, I can promise you it's not going to go perfect. None of it's ever going to go perfect until you start making phone calls. Until you start getting your nose bloodied, you're not actually going to start learning what is going to work and how it's going to work. And one, one key thing that I would say to this and something I've learned from Grant Cardone is that no one thing's going to blow a deal anyway. Not making a phone call. You lose deals and you lose revenue from what you don't do from not making a phone call, from not following up, from not reaching out, from not posting on social media. So I know that was a very long answer to the question. I think where I land at that plane is the solid truth of it is more often than not, you lose out on revenue making opportunities from what you're not doing versus what you do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so key what you said that you just need to keep at it and have a million iterations because the person who's failed at the things more time than you've tried it at is the one that has it mastered. And until you get that customer feedback or the feedback from the world about what you're doing, you can't really know if it's a product market fit or if you have the right program or product or whatever it is, because you're just making a plan and nothing's worse than spending all this time planning, hitting it against the real world and realizing none of that time meant anything because none of it applies. Yeah. Just go with whatever you have now. And just start putting in the work. Like you, that's the part that is going to actually pay the actual generating of revenue.
that's the part that matters in your business in, in terms of like it being viable. <laughs> like you, you have to start generating some income and figure out what works and what doesn't. And you can only do that by actually going through it. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agreed. Now I want to ask you a little bit about your business. And I want you to imagine that your business is like a fire hose and the cash flow in your business is the water coming through the hose. As we know, hoses can get kinked and close off that flow. So what would you say is the biggest kink in the hose of your business right now as far as cash flow? Ooh, I I've managed to try to keep everything very lean, which is has helped. There was a period of time where because there's certain vendors that my company will work with where we actually buy the media and then we in turn will transfer that invoice over to over to the actual company that we're buying the media for. The kink for me has been how quickly I was being paid for the invoice from the company as it goes back to the vendor. Because I try to get the bills paid to the vendors uh, in, in a timely fashion. 30 days is your typical 30 to 60 days. Some of them you know, can go that far, but typically it's a 30 day bill. I try to pay it right away. As soon as it hits my desk, I try to just, I like to just have clean books. But for me, then when the money doesn't come back faster, that's been a little bit of a thorn. What I've done for those listening, what I've done is I've started pre-billing. Meaning I try to get the cash flow for that customer for, because if we know we're going to spend, let's say it's $2,500 on a billboard, I get them to write that check before in, in advance, a month in advance. So that I don't run into that because if I can get them to prepay before I even get the bill, I don't need to worry about it. And it's not an uncommon thing in the world of digital marketing. Most companies will say, Hey, we're going to manage this budget for you on Google. And it's $2,500 a month. We pre-bill. We're going to hit your card right now. That was one thing that got me in trouble. It, I wouldn't say trouble. It just was a thorn. It was like, ah, all right. I would have liked to have been able to just have this flow through without waiting on the money. You, you live and you learn. That's a, a great solution and a wonderful tactic. Anybody listening out there, if you can do that in your business and you haven't thought of it yet, anytime you can get money up front, you always want to do that because it definitely does help with those cash flow issues. Yeah. Okay, Joseph, very cool. Now I want to ask you, what is your one biggest personal financial goal? Business numbers aside, what's one thing you're really looking towards achieving financially for yourself? So I don't have a personal financial goal right now because right now, a lot of what I do, and this is between me, my wife, and my kids, we've built this business in a way that like my office is five minutes away and my, my wife is always here. We bring the kids here often and we're so focused on getting to these revenue goals that we have set for, for both Slingshot on a monthly reoccurring revenue standpoint and for Lava Hut on a monthly reoccurring revenue standpoint. On the personal end, my biggest goal right now would be we want to be in a spot where we can move to Florida. That's like the big goal that we have set is we want to get moved to South Florida, have the business. For the most part, the business is operational to where we can leave for large chunks of time. For instance, like a year and a half ago, I think we went down to Naples for an entire month, got an Airbnb. That's that laptop digital nomad lifestyle where you know a lot of the work we do tends to be behind the scenes. We don't really need to be in present in an office, but that's 
my main goal right now would be on a personal level is, okay, how do we get down to Florida as soon as we can? We look forward to seeing you down here as soon as that happens. Yeah. Now the question is what part of Florida, because there's certain, there's some benefits to that East coast side. I think the waves tend to be a lot better, but where I live in Maryland, we are on the Eastern shore. It's called lower, slower shore. Just in the summertime, it gets bonkers. There's a lot of people that come to the area. This tends to be like that vacation area that people come to, but most of the year it's dead quiet. And that's what I experienced when we went down to Naples. It, It wasn't quite as quiet, but it was not it wasn't like Miami, that's for sure. You go to that Miami area, it's a little bit more hustle and bustle over that way. Miami is always really crazy. What I found in the Fort Lauderdale area is the busiest times actually around spring break. It starts to get hot in the summer and not as many people show up. But uh, yeah, you definitely have that crazy season when it's hard to get to the beach, for sure. For sure. Very cool. Awesome. I appreciate you coming on. So for people who want to know more about your business and what you do, where's the best place that they can go do that? Yeah. For the podcast, I have a couple of different domain names I'll give you. So for the podcast, it's lavahotpodcast.com. Very easy. For the marketing agency, for any business that's thinking, hey, I have this big marketing budget. I need to figure out how to spend it maybe a little bit more efficiently, which to to that, I'll say we've had some companies where we'll come in on a limited marketing budget. There was one company that had like a $75,000 marketing budget just by restructuring how they had their contracts with certain vendors. We ended up getting what was the equivalent of an additional $40,000 in media buys with that same 75. And that was on top of them paying for our service as well. So it's like, we really restructure some of these deals. So that's golavahot.com for Slingshot. For those that are curious about Slingshot, it's poweredbyslingshot.com. And if you're trying to just connect with me, I would just say head over to Instagram. That would probably be a great spot. And it's at Joseph Connell Jr. Now, before I let you go, the one thing I have to know about is what financial freedom is like for you. Let's assume that you're at that point in your business where you don't have to be active unless you want to. You can hand everything over. You've got all the revenue streams you need coming in so that you can do whatever you want with your life. What does that look like for you now? How are you spending your time in that reality? Yeah, so it's what I envision and my goal for the next five years, because I, I have some teenagers that before long, they're going to be on their own. What what we had considered during COVID was buying a RV. If the kids were still doing the virtual learning, we were considering buying an RV and just traveling. Because again, I could do my work from really anywhere. I would love that. I would love once my teenagers are they're off to college and all that jazz. We have a five-year-old who I guess at that point would be 10. I think we would love to just pack her up and go travel throughout the throughout the country, time and money freedom ultimately is the goal. We want to get to a spot where we can, if we wanted to shut it down for a month, meaning shut down my workload and have it delegated, that would be ideal. It's not something that I'm a little bit of a workaholic. So I like to be in the thick of it, which is the hard part. Even when we go on vacation, it's hard for me to turn it off just because I I get that invested in not just my business, but the businesses we help. Like it, it's a priority. The ability to travel would be ideal. We have a bucket list of places we'd like to travel. And that that's kind of it. The ability to just travel freely and not have to not have to work would be, I guess, everybody's goal, really. What's the top place on your bucket list? So me and my wife have recently talked about wanting to go to Dubai, which I think will probably be our next big trip. And my daughter, Abby, we recently kicked around this idea of going to Japan. Just We just want to go see cool stuff. Paris is on the list. There, there's a lot of places that are just like, you know what? You got to go there before you die. Let's go see the world. 
For sure. I definitely recommend Japan. Take the time to go. It's totally worth it. It's an amazing country. Yeah. What part of Japan did you go to? I went to Tokyo, went to Osaka, went by Mount Fuji, traveled around for two weeks. So it was a nice little tour. Wow. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was a great time. Joseph, thanks again for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute blast. You've had tons of valuable insights to share for the audience and for myself. Just love hearing your stories and having the chance to chat with you. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Really enjoyed it. Like I said, everybody else out there, if you enjoyed listening as well, and you haven't had the chance to subscribe to the podcast yet, please go ahead and do that. You can leave us one of those five-star reviews. It helps us out a ton and gets us out there to reach more entrepreneurs and help them as well. And if you are a six-figure plus online entrepreneur, like my amazing guest Joseph is, and you want to come be a guest yourself, we'd love to talk to you too. Go to pyfpodcast.com. That's the letters pyfpodcast.com. Joseph, thanks again so much. Yes, sir. If you've listened this far, chances are you're an entrepreneur looking to become more financially literate and create financial freedom for yourself from your business. The Pay Yourself First podcast is definitely here to help with that. My goal is to continue to share what I've learned about using your business as the tool to create financial freedom. But let's face it, it would take me years to share with you everything you need to know via these episodes. Creating financial freedom is something that most people never even consider, let alone make a plan for or take action towards. It's something almost no one was taught anything about. Doing it as an entrepreneur is even more challenging, especially without support. So if you're ready to get clear on what financial freedom looks like for you, come up with an action plan and get the support systems and accountability you need, I invite you to consider the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur. I created the program to help entrepreneurs just like you get a handle on their personal and business finances and start building confidently towards financial freedom. And it's how you can discover ways to take 10 years off your retirement, add an extra five or six figures to your portfolio, and finally get clear on what numbers you should be tracking in your business and why. Together, we'll gain clarity around your financial goals and what being financially free would actually look like for you. Then we'll put together a customized game plan to get you there and the accountability to see you through. And by the way, you're also going to get all the spreadsheets you need to run your numbers, lifetime access to the materials, including any updates, and entry into our members-only community. In addition to all the knowledge, coaching, community, and systems that you need to create financial freedom from your business, you'll also receive a free financial assessment, a retirement planning session, and guided meditation aimed at helping you embody the feeling of true financial freedom. So yeah, you can just listen to the free content on these podcasts to help you move towards becoming a financially free entrepreneur. And sure, you'll likely see some results, or you can make the decision to commit to learning, implementing, and embodying what you need to know to create the financially free life you dreamed of when you started your business journey. Click the link in the show notes to answer a quick questionnaire, and you'll be on your way to joining the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur.